Hey, how's it going, everybody? And yeah, so just kind of like a redo of yesterday's episode. I didn't like how yesterday's episode came out, so I decided I would go ahead and redo it again and then take that one down. Um, but still the same topics. So we're going to be talking about the Google Pixel 6, the December security update that has stalled, and the reasonings for it, people's responses to it, and then the reality of things. I am also going to be talking about C-Ban and the latest info that I was able to read regarding the release of this Spectrum. So, um, yeah, without further ado, appreciate you all for stopping in. If you're watching, this is not even a video. (laughs) I got to get out of that mindset. But if you are listening on your favorite podcast sources, thank you so much for doing so. If you are subscribed to me on your podcast source, thank you so much for doing so. And if you are listening on the newly branded home Facebook page, thank you so much for coming through. And a follow would be greatly appreciated. But before we dive into all of this madness and mayhem, let's listen to the sponsor. All right, let's talk about the Google Pixel 6, the December security patch, and how people are just absolutely frustrated about this thing. And I don't blame a lot of people for being mad and upset. Um, If you have been living under a rock, then let me just kind of get you hip to the fact. Um, So with the latest software for the Google Pixel 6 and 6 Pro, was the December 5th security patch, and that was supposed to come with the uh, next pixel drop. If you don't know what a pixel drop is, let me just kind of give you a little refresher here, but the pixel drop is where the next latest features that are eccentric to only Google Pixel phones is released. So this would trickle down to the, you know, the Pixel 5a, the Pixel 5, 4a, 5g, 4a, etc. And back um, as long as it supports the latest software which is Android 12 so Google pixels are known to get the security patch update on a timely fashion which would be around the fifth of every month and second to it would be the OnePlus. OnePlus devices tend to get the security patch around the same time sometimes a day or two earlier but nonetheless around the same time and um, Lately, with the Google Pixel 6 and 6 Pro, it seems that Google has kind of backpedaled a little bit and they are late to bringing out the December security patch. As a matter of fact, the craziest thing is, is that they were rolling out the December security patch in waves. So certain people were taking to Reddit, certain people were taking to Twitter and talking about that they got this latest um, update, while other people were like myself saying, where is the software update? Because I did not get it, and I'm glad that I did not get it. Uh, As it was reported by a lot of people who have the December 5th security patch with the latest pixel drop, they have been reporting that certain key features are broken within the software update. That being that the uh, phone calling, the data connection to the network has been broken. And people are reporting that having to reboot their phone, airplane mode it, temporarily fixes it, but then 
you know, it, um, it continues to keep happening. Some people have done a factory reset and that's fixed it temporarily. And then the issue happens again. And I can see this as something that's happening because it tends to happen to my Pixel 6 currently right now on the November 5th security patch. With that update, every now and then it seems like the data stalls out and I would have to airplane mode my phone in order for it to connect back to the network. Currently my Pixel 6 is on Metro by T-Mobile and with Metro by T-Mobile, I usually connect to their 5G ultra capacity. However, I would see the ultra capacity icon disappear and it just say 5G. Well, I'm thinking that, okay, there's still data and all of a sudden the ultra capacity icon returns and a lot of notifications from different social apps that I use start bombarding my notification screen. So if that's happening to me, then I can only imagine just how badly it's happening on the December 5th security patch. Now, Google has recently released a statement talking about that the it's been stalled. They've delayed the December 5th security patch for the remaining people with Pixel 6 and 6 Pros. And they are currently working on a fix for it and that the fix should come late January with the January security patch. So we're not even getting a January security patch in the beginning, which would have been tomorrow that it would have came out. We're actually gonna get it later on this month. And that's not a very good look for Google. For Google to be able to um, maintain that level that people know of the Pixel devices, they would have to um, remain consistent, which they're not right now. Not entirely sure why, if Google's falling off the chain, what's happening. But I will say this though. Um, First of all, a lot of people who are taking to social media and talking about the issues with the Pixel 6 do not account for everybody that has purchased a Pixel 6 device. Most people who don't have a problem are not gonna take to social media to complain because what would they have to complain for? They are not the techies. They are not the tech followers, the tech enthusiasts or the fanboys and fangirls. They are just everyday consumers who bought the phone. The phone works, so it works. They're not gonna take the social media to say it's their favorite phone ever, and they're not gonna take the social media to complain about something they have nothing to complain about. Simple as that. So while it does seem like that everybody who bought a Pixel 6 is having issues with the phone, that is furthest from the truth. So let me just kind of knock that wall down so people understand. Yes, I am disappointed in Google that this happened. But at the same time, too, I am also quite happy that it did happen because um, one of the things that is said about Google Pixel phones, which people take as a negative, is that Google Pixels get better over time. While that may be true, that's also a good thing because I would rather want something that gets better over time than deteriorates over time. If I can get longevity out of my device, then I am definitely going to appreciate that. The Google Pixel 6 is guaranteed five years of software support with three major software updates, which means that it will go from um, Android 12 to Android 13 to Android 14, and that's where it will stop. Or Android 15 is where the Google Pixel 6 will stop. And then, it will get additional two years after that of security patch updates before it becomes obsolete. Five years is a good length of time to own a Pixel 6. And if you think about it, in five years, we would already be at the Pixel 11. So to kind of give you retrospect on just about how long this phone is going to last. So with that being said, 
it getting better over time, meaning that Google will fix a lot of the bug issues that's plaguing the phone over time, making it a much better experience, a much smoother experience is something that I definitely do appreciate. I can be patient and wait for the next software update, which will include the next pixel drop. I can wait that time. It's not killing me. Now, for those people who took the December 5th security patch, what could you guys do that can fix the whole issue? That would actually be um, using Android Flash Tool and downgrading back to Android 12 November 5th security patch. And then a lot of the issues that came with your update will be fixed until the next iteration comes out with all the bugs ironed out. I can deal with that. Now, people are complaining on the Webernet that, oh my gosh, I gotta go and wipe my phone. All the data that I have is lost. And I always ask myself, do you know people use backups? Like, do you utilize the Google One services or Google Drive or Dropbox? Any of these services that you can back up your data to? Because your contacts, your messages, all those things are already backed up already. Right When you log in into another phone with your Google account, all your contacts returns for you. So you really don't need to be looking for numbers unless you never actually save them. So, but the other things like Google Photos backs up your photos automatically, whether you have the paid version or the free version, it will back up your photos. So um, are you, do you have backup turned on for that? So you don't lose any videos or photos that you have on your phone. Like backups is your friend. So if you had to downgrade by flashing Android 12, November 5th security, if you had to flash that onto your phone, which will completely wipe your phone and wipe all data, then you should be able to back up or restore from one of your backups. And before you use a flash tool, you should in fact back up all your data before you do it. Now, if you're like, oh, I gotta re-log into everything. If you've been using um, Google Password, which is their website, passwords.google.com, then you should have been saving your login credentials, which will make it easier for you to sign in. So really, I just feel like, and I'm gonna be blunt here, it's those that are lazy that are complaining about it. I mean, I'm just being serious. How lazier can you be when everything is backing up for you that all you got to do is just restore? Simple as that. But as we go forward, talking about C-Band here in just a minute, a word of our sponsor. And now let's talk and discuss about C-Band. And um, if you guys want the real nitty-gritty in-depth, um, might I suggest that you guys check out Sneed Mobile Tech on YouTube. Very good homie of mine and a really big follower of the telecom companies. So, all right. If you don't know what C-Band is, don't worry about it. A lot of the world doesn't understand what C-Band is. What you do need to know is that it's an intricate part of the development and build-out of the nationwide 5G. Now, why is 5G so important? Why are you hearing a lot of YouTubers talking about it? Those who have never talked about 4G LTE or any of that stuff back in the day are now starting to talk about 5G. Go figure, you're being ran for your money, Sneed. But here's the thing, 5G is breaking, just 
is just breaking barriers. Okay, we're talking about the ability to have gigabit per second data speeds, whether it's the downlink or uplink on a mobile communication device like your smartphone. And it is absolutely important. It is important to the medical field. It is important to the broadcast services. It is important to our first responders. It is um, important to the everyday consumer. It is important in so many different ways because it is so many different ways that 5G can be so helpful in your day-to-day life. Today, people are kind of focusing and turning their homes into smart homes, right? If you are a homeowner, I'm pretty sure you've thought about investing in the Google doorbell, which is the next bell. Um, You've probably invested in the Philips Smart Hue lights. You've probably... um, started using those tags to use as door locks so you can use your nfc chip on your smartphone to unlock your doors of your house you probably have google home set up so you can literally just control every room of the house and all aspects in it you probably seen demo videos that um literally just showed a person that was able to have preset settings to set the mood in their home like family movie night game night um you know a date bringing a date home to your house and stuff like that and so there's presets that certain light effects happen certain things turn on certain like music starts playing um and then you even have smart home speaker devices that you can communicate with ask questions to and even take phone calls on so 5g having enough bandwidth to allow these things to function smooth with no hiccups no buffering no delay in 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 commands any of that stuff Um, or latency in gaming 5g is to fill that void it is to make that happen to bring us to that level of technology and c-band is an intricate part of it you've probably heard a lot of people talk over the last year about low band 5g and ultra wide band or millimeter wave which is high band High band is for the highest data deliverance, but of course it's got a short range reach. So therefore to alleviate that problem, you have um, microsites and, um, and micro towers being put in between cell sites that disperse the ultra wideband signal. Low band 5G is pretty much just LTE. Um, a little bit more faster in data deliverance than LTE and it has a much broader range. C-band is kind of like the the in-between, right? In the Goldilocks effect, right? Um, C-band is ranging between 3.4 gigahertz to 3.9 gigahertz spectrum, okay? You're looking at a possible downlink of like one to two gigabits per second down and one gigabit per second on the uplink. Whereas on ultra wideband, you can pretty much see like, you know, five gigabits per second by two to three gigabits per second on the uplink. Even though the uplink doesn't really show that, um, I think the highest uplink I've seen so far in the speed test is like um, 150 megabits per second on the uplink, which is really good. I mean, to do a live stream on YouTube, the uplink, you would need at least 10 megabits per second on the uplink in order to have a steady stream. So 150 megabits per second on the uplink is actually pretty good. But this is the point of where um, ultra wideband is at, right? About five gigabits per second on the downlink. So if you're talking about downloading a movie that's 10 gigs, you're gonna download that in seconds. Um, The other aspect of it is having a low latency, right? Four milliseconds in the ping 
or less is really good. Of course, 5G is not at that point right now. I think 5G still yields about a 10 millisecond ping, um, which is not bad, but it's not where true 5G is supposed to be. And so C-band kind of like, like the middle block of all of this, right? You have low band for broad range. You have mid band where it kind of fulfills that void of bringing a higher rate of download uh, data deliverance along with a little bit of a broader range, shorter than low band. And then you have ultra wideband, which is super fast, but you know, very short distance. Um, with those three combined would create 5G, right? Like, uh, like Captain Planet, by your powers combined, I am 5G. <laughs> I mean, it's really, that's what it is. And um, so C-band was something that a lot of people were looking forward to. I am looking forward to C-band and just testing it out and just see how well it does. However, the FAA has been a thorn in the side of 5G build out with the most recent request of suspending the rollout of C-band that Verizon and AT&T intended to do. Today had the Verizon announcement of C-band. However, it's been delayed by two weeks as Verizon and AT&T agreed to delay the launch for two more weeks as the FAA has been trying to block it. Um, and there's these these theories, and I'm going to say they're theories because there is no concrete proof that C-band messes with the altimeters in the airplane. They say it does. They say it could be detrimental to flights. They don't want C-band near airports. They feel like it's going to mess with the instruments in the plane, causing the plane to miscalculate its landing and crash. Okay, let's just be honest. That's what they say. But there's no real concrete proof. Like there's nothing submitted from the FAA that shows here's a plane flying in where a tower that's been upgraded to have C-band and the plane started to wobble or tilt or it miscalculated how far it was from the ground and hit the ground pretty rough on the landing. Like no- nothing, nothing talks to that, to that nature. No video proves that. So while there are people who believe in that and go forward and say, oh yeah, well, there's no proof that C-band won't interfere with the plane. There's also no proof that C-band will interfere with the plane. And so here we have the traditional standoff where one side thinks that just because they don't need or they feel like they don't need to prove anything that we should just go on what they say. Well, they've been making this racket for years, right? The first generation of the telecom industry uh, network they said would kill you. The second generation or 2G was supposedly giving you cancer. The third one gave you brain cancer. 4G gave you brain cancer and then started, you know, nuking your your inside organs. And now 5G has been accused of creating this pandemic that we've been living through for the past two years, as well as also being told that it's going to give you brain cancer. Like, look, we've been told this for so many years and yet, you know, people have been fine. The only real big reported deaths caused by a mobile smartphone or a phone in general has just been people texting while driving. Hasn't been from, you know, this radiation that's cooking you as you have the phone next to you. And mind you, if you're so worried about 5G and you think, oh yeah, 5G is going to kill me. Like, you know, it's it's going to nuke my brain. My brain's turning into Swiss, Swiss cheese. Now let me tell you guys this, okay? If you're walking around with AirPods or Galaxy Buds or Pixel Buds or Beats 
studio buds, or whatever it may be, you're using the same technology in your ear, okay? If you're worried about that type of radiation, that radiation exists in true wireless buds technology. So you having them in your ear all day long obviously means that you're cooking your own brain. So I mean, I'm just saying, you know, you, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Um, you can't go and just say that this is detrimental to you, but use technology that's very similar to it. Like baby monitors are similar to a mobile smartphone. The type of radiation it it omits is similar to a smartphone. The microwave is as well. Your air conditioner is. So is your refrigerator. Like a lot of the technology you have in your home, whether you believe it or not, um, uses the same type of radiation. However, it is monitored and measured that it is not detrimental to the human body to have these things around us. And so the scare of 5G to say, oh, 5G is going to cook your insides. No, it's not. Um, so while we have that scare, that panic, it looks like that Verizon and AT&T has kind of buckled. So a lot of people are shocked about it, that Verizon's playing ball and not, you know, playing hardball. And the fact is that Verizon is going to delay it by two weeks. So I'm kind of bummed out because I was wanting to see, I know there were certain areas that was said to be in my city that they've already made upgrades to for C-band connectivity, which is why I ordered a visible SIM card to come in because um, even though visible is capped at 200 megabits on the download, um, it can connect to ultra wideband, which I am going to do a video on Instagram showing if it can connect to ultra wideband at certain places that I know have ultra wideband connectivity. I am also going to see if it will connect to C band. However, that's been delayed by two weeks. So that video is not going to come for another two weeks on the Instagram account. By the way, follow me on Instagram at the Aloha Android if you guys want to see tech videos as that's where I'm putting them at this time. Um, so yeah, one last word from our sponsor and then a surprise part of this podcast. I am going to tell you my favorite tech of 2021. Don't go nowhere. And so this very quick last segment of the podcast, I just wanted to share with you guys what has been my favorite piece of tech for 2021 now that we are in 2022. And believe it or not, for those who thought Google Pixel 6, (laughs) you guys would be wrong. While I do really like my Google Pixel 6, that is not my favorite piece of tech of 2021. It would absolutely be the Pixel Buds A. I cannot tell you guys how great of an experience it has been. And yes, the case that charges the Buds lacks wireless charging. And while I could charge them up in the Pixel Buds 2 case, which does have wireless charging, I prefer to just use uh, the regular stock case that comes with the Pixel Buds A. And I find it to be very, very awesome. Audio is really, really, really good. And I love the fact that you can play around with the EQ settings and increase the bass and whatnot. And the bass sounds very good. It's nice and punchy, but it's not distorted. And, you know, it's just, it's been doing great. I mean, I've had it on the single charge. I still haven't charged them up yet. I think the case is down to like 69% or 68 probably by today. And um, yeah, it's doing just fine. Um, I'm on my fourth charge cycle. So I've plugged, I've used the earbuds and listened to music at work. Um, and I've used it to record video using the microphones on them. 
and um, I've been putting them back in a case of charge. So I've, I've gone through four charge cycles so far. Um, the buds have not killed off on me on any of those times that I put them to charge. I would say they probably got as far down as like uh, 88%, and um, they've charged right back up. So um, life of the Pixel Buds A, really good. Sound, amazing. And it has Type-C charging, so I can plug it into any of my chargers that I have from my phones, and it will charge right up. Um, yeah, it doesn't have wireless charging, and that's okay. Um, given the amount of times that you know I'm going to be using it, uh, needing to just drop it on a wireless charging pad is not something that I see myself doing on a day-to-day -day basis. Therefore, it's not something that I'm too worried about. When the battery case, when the case itself does run out of battery to charge up the buds. I can just plug them in overnight while I sleep, wake up tomorrow, they're 100% charged. Go for probably a week, week and a half uh, with my usage, and they would be just fine. Um, they actually sound better than the Pixel Buds 2, and in my opinion, they are slightly behind the Beats Studio Buds, which I got for my woman, my lady, the love of my life. I got her a pair for Christmas, and I've used those too, and those sound really, really good. Uh, but they're not mine. They're hers. And, uh, and you know, I wanted her to have those. So I got her those for Christmas. And for me, she got me the Pixel 6 as an early Christmas gift and the Pixel Buds A as a Christmas gift. And the Pixel Buds A have been amazing. So that is my favorite piece of tech in 2021. Let me know what yours is. Um, thank you guys for listening to this podcast. If you guys enjoyed it, I'm going to be doing these once a week. Um, so hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, if you are listening on your favorite podcast source, thank you so much for coming in and listening. Um, follow on your podcast source that you listen to podcasts on. Um, if you found the Facebook page that has every podcast episode, thank you for coming on the Facebook page. Please follow the page so that way you guys never miss an episode for these podcasts. Um, I enjoy doing these. They are so much easier than doing videos. I tell you that. I, I kid you not. They are so much easier than doing videos. Um, but yeah, give a follow on the Facebook page. And if you guys actually want tech videos, follow me on the gram. I've been posting tech videos there. Um, as I stated before, one of the people asked me, you know, about my YouTube channel and, you know, I'm giving it all up. You're not going to monetize your videos anymore. I've never really made tech videos to make money. It was great making additional money that I gave to my kids, but it wasn't something that was very important for me to have. And I enjoy doing these things for the hell of it. So making content and putting it on Instagram where I make absolutely nothing on it isn't a deal breaker for me. But again, follow me on Instagram at the Aloha Android. Follow the Facebook page if you have not so you can you know see my post pictures and other stuff that I share about tech on that page. That is facebook.com forward slash the Aloha Android one word. That is the Facebook page. That is where I come in clutch. Thanks for listening. Y'all have been amazing. Be safe out there. And as always, <sighs> Aloha.